0: This is ZBS in 3D Sound. I'm Mr. Fulton, and with me is Mr. Fritz. Fritz is a kind of silent partner. He's a head, he doesn't have a mouth, he wears dark glasses, he is a good listener. He has remarkable ears, actually quite wonderful ears, very human looking. His ears may even be worth more than yours or mine. He's made by Neumann and they make rather costly microphones. Inside his head are the inner ear chambers and at the base of the chambers are the microphones. So he hears pretty much the same as you and I, that is above, below and, you know, kind of all around you. It's a 3D sound. One of the best features of Fritz are his ears, and you can whisper sweet nothings, and he'll listen. But you need headphones and or earbuds to get the uh, full kind of intimate effect. Fritz is binaural. <laughs> Binaural audio and 3D sound might seem, well, kind of high-tech and somewhat futuristic, but the uh, basic technology has been around for over 100 years. Binaural is much older than stereo. Stereo didn't come in until about 1930s. I'll give you a quick summary of the history of binaural audio. It's from an article by Alex Call. Way back in 1881, French inventor Clement Adder set up the first binaural audio transmission by connecting a series of telephone transmitters across the front of the stage of the Paris Opera House. Listeners, about two kilometers away, were able to hear the action on stage by holding two separate telephone receivers to their ears, like early headphones. The technology was later commercialized as the theatrophone and used to broadcast opera, theater, and eventually news bulletins to hotels, cafes, clubs, and home subscribers. That's right, two separate telephone receivers. Put one to each ear, and you have binaural. Then, in 1933, AT&T, you know, the telephone company, made headlines at the Chicago World Fair by demonstrating the first head-based audio system. They created a mechanical man with microphones for years. And they nicknamed him Oscar. And he was set up in a glass room surrounded by listeners with headphones. That may be why Neumann, a German company, called their head-based microphone Fritz. I assume Fritz was far superior to Oscar, and Fritz is a good German name. So maybe that was Neumann's way of saying, suck on this, Oscar. Back to the article. At the 1972 International Radio and Television Exhibition in Berlin, Neumann introduced the KU-80, the first generation of commercial dummy head microphones. It was designed to test environmental acoustics, but listeners quickly discovered the potential it had for recording realistic radio drama. Neumann's design for the microphone approved in later generations, including the KU81 and the KU100. The Fritz you see here, or here, here, is the KU81. He is, without a doubt, the most handsome of the lot. I'm serious. I have photos to prove it. Anyway, the latest model, it has a kind of a, it is a kind of a square face and a large squarish head and a very... Square jaw and the ears look uh, Pretty good though, but the problem is it looks like a head someone yanked off a robot and they don't refer to him as Fritz They call him KU 100 No, if that's not a robot's name. I'd like to insert. I have nothing against robots They'll be taking over everything anyway, so I want to go on record and say I'm quite fond of robots. Anyway, my point is, could I stand here talking to Fritz as though I were casually talking to you? I don't think I could do that. Not if you were a robot. On our website are some photos of Fritz, so take a look. That's at cbs.org. Okay, let's continue with Episode 7 of Saratoga Fat Cats. The story was recorded on location in the town of Saratoga Springs in upstate New York. It was recorded with Fritz. Our main character, Willie, paints houses. He's been painting, or he was painting, a summer house owned by a rich guy, Lucas Trust. And Lucas has a girlfriend, or had a girlfriend, Christy St. Nichols, she's a model. What happened? Lucas blew up. Car bomb. Meanwhile, Willie, who reads detective novels, has been hearing one of the sleazy detectives inside his own head. Shh! A kayak. <laughs>
1: what? A kayak could fit. Where? In the cement block shed. No, it's only about six by six. You can't fit a kayak in there. You can if it needs air. An inflatable kayak. Check it out. I went out to Luke's Island. I still had the keys to the boat in his house.
2: It was back in the storage room.
1: I found the box, but not the inflatable kayak. The box was empty? Yeah. Luke's ring. Oh God, that hand. He told me he couldn't get the ring off his finger. When did he say that? When we were in the bar. He took that ring off every night. What's going on? It may not have been Luke's body. What? But then, who was it? I'm afraid it may be Berkeley Bob.
2: Where are you? Huh? You're not here. You're not with me.
1: No, I was just thinking.
2: Yeah? Who, who are you thinking of?
1: I'm not thinking of her. I'm thinking of him.
2: Well, he's gone. Just get on with your life.
1: Yeah, too many things don't fit.
2: Yeah, I, I know. You know, I'm not spending the night.
1: Annie, I wasn't thinking of her. I don't
2: care if you were thinking of Daffy Duck. Why should I stay here if you're not here? Annie!
1: Let her go. Look, this is my life.
2: Well, la-dee-da.
1: That's not what I meant. Patch it up later. Stay out of it.
2: Uh, I'll stay out of it. Annie! Uh.
1: Now look what you did. I couldn't sleep. I got up and made some coffee. I sat down at the table and wrote down everything I knew. The string on the hand I found was Luke's, but was it Luke's hand? The bottle of bourbon he was drinking from wasn't bourbon, it was iced tea. Was he pretending to be drunk? He was carrying two sets of keys to the car. He had a duplicate made. <laughs> a thunderstorm was going on outside. The lights blinked a couple of times, grew dim, and then the power went out. I sat in the dark. I may have dozed off. There was another flash of lightning. Christie was standing there, and so was Luke. He was holding something shiny, it looked like a 38.
0: I thought you had it all figured out. What I didn't figure out was why. I had to disappear. I sized up your hippie friend, Berkeley Bob, the Walking Wasteland. And my clothes fit him. And what about you, sweetheart? You were out from the day one. Yeah, you were the
2: perfect sucker, Willie. We had a plan to a T, and then you had to play the amateur dick.
1: What a dumb dick at that. At two, eh, Rick? Luke made me an offer that was just too tempting to refuse. You said the explosives? Yeah, sure. All well, the time I spent now blown up goops finally paid off. But you had to go snooping around.
2: Not too smart, Willie.
1: Annie, I never figured you.
2: Who do you think got Berkeley Bob to take the ride out in the country?
1: But Annie, why you?
2: Because I'm sick of this town, and Rick and I are getting out.
1: So what do you plan to do with me? We're going to let you go to the cops and spill your guts. Oh, you are. (laughs) (laughs) Willie, you one dumb cracker. (laughs) I don't like to be laughed at. I kicked the table over. I dived to the floor as the bullets went flying. Someone got it. I had my 45 out and blasted away in the dark
2: we People were falling left
1: and right. And then... It was quiet. The lights came back on. There were bodies strewn all over the place. Oh, boy. It was then I realized that it was a dream. Taking a little stroll down Paranoid Lane. Ah, it comes with a job. But you got it part right. Now get the rest. What is the rest? How did Luke get his money? I don't know. You know who to ask.
0: She's on a photo shoot. Where? The Bahamas.
1: When will she be back? Next week. Tell her Willie call. Is this Mr. Wilson? That's right. Well, Christy left the number for you. I called the hotel in St. Lucia. She was out. I left a message. That night she called me. Willie? Listen, there's more to Luke's death than we realize, and it's all connected with the money. How? Where did Luke get his money? He was an accountant. He worked for
2: Microtech, the software company. He borrowed their money and bought stocks in an internet company just as it went public. It opened
1: at about 8 and went up to 120 all in the same day. He sold at 110. How much did he buy? About a million. Oh, a million shares?
2: No, he he bought a million dollars worth at eight dollars a share. That's about, I don't know, that's uh, hundred and twenty-five thousand shares. He made almost fourteen million dollars.
1: Phew! All in one day. And then the million he borrowed, he put back. And even after he'd paid the broker's fees, he still walked away with over thirteen million. Man, do you have an inside tip on the stocks? No, internet
2: stocks were going crazy. He was watching a company. I don't remember the name and. And when they went public, he jumped on it. Luke never felt he'd done anything wrong. He just borrowed the money from Microtech. He put the million back. Wait a minute. What do you mean he just borrowed? I mean, you mean he embezzled? But he put it back. And after a few months, he quit the company. And they never knew? Not at first. But I overheard him talking on the phone one night. I think they got suspicious when they found out he suddenly had money and they didn't audit. They figured out what he did. They wanted the money. The money? Or what he had left. How much was left? I have no idea. Millions? Did they threaten to turn him in? I don't think so. If they did that, they'd never get his money. Then why would they kill him? There's no reason. They were just
1: trying to scare him. Like shooting out the windows. I guess.
2: Do the police know this?
1: No. You never told them? I was afraid whoever they were would come after me. I think we better tell the cops. As far as the fat cats know, Luke's dead. The money's in some Swiss bank account. Chris, you're coming back to Saratoga anytime. Is
2: there any reason I should? Wait a second. What? Okay. Okay. Listen, I gotta go. Yeah. Willie? Yeah. Give me a reason.
1: Driving me nuts. I couldn't invite her up. Do you know what that would mean? Opportunity, man. Opportunity with big boobs is banging on your door, and you are blowing it. I know. 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 Speaking of knowing, I told the cops what I knew. The detective handling the case contacted Christie, and she confirmed it. They went to Microtech, who claimed it was absurd that there never was any money removed, but they wouldn't show their books because of "quote unquote" trade secrets. The cops needed something concrete for a court order, and nothing I had given them was solid, let alone concrete.
2: You think he's alive?
0: I'll bet he's basking in the sun, sipping margaritas on some Caribbean island.
2: <laughs> what if Berkeley Bob shows up one day? I
1: wish he would, but I don't think he will.
2: Did you fall in love with her?
1: Selby, nothing happened.
2: Don't bullshit me. Honest. I'm not saying that you two got it on. I'm saying you fell for her.
1: I'm fond of her, that's all. Bullshit. Hey, it's over. She's gone.
2: Yeah, well, Annie misses you, Willie. I miss her. Well? I'll
1: give her a call.
2: Oh, God, use your feet. Just walk over and see her. Make her happy, Willie
0: you later. Oh, man. Why didn't you follow it through?
1: Follow what? The sweet scent. She's got a career. She's not coming up here to live. I'm
0: not gonna live in New York. So? Yeah, okay, okay. You're okay. You're my hero, you know that?
1: No.
3: (laughs) You did the right thing. You didn't hurt anyone.
1: I'm saying something. Yeah. Hey, what do you say we go get him, here? Nope, I'm gonna go see Annie. Hey, sounds good. Yeah, it does. Hello? Luke's not going to get away with it.
0: What? You heard me. Who's this? You know who it is. Short top. I'm coming back to get Luke. When?
1: You're the writer. you figure it out.
0: So there's a part two. And, with Luke's passing, we now begin part two. It's set three years later, and we actually recorded it three years later. So take a moment to imagine three years have passed. When we catch up with Willie, he's still hearing that detective inside his head, but the voice he hears has changed, though not necessarily for the better.
1: Three years had passed since Lucas Trust was killed by a car bomb. I was convinced that he had faked his death, that parts of the body they found were really parts of Berkeley Bob. But the forensics evidence proved otherwise. It was Luke. I was no detective. It was like my girlfriend Annie kept telling me before she left me that I had been reading too many cheap detective novels, especially the hard-boiled ones like Short Top Detroit. He was a character that lived inside of cheap paperbacks, but he didn't want to live inside books. He wanted to live inside me. Now I hear his voice in my head all the time. Annie said she might think about getting back with me. If you started seeing a shrink. I told her, I don't want to see no shrink. Then don't call me. Who goes to psychiatrists anymore? What are they called? Psychologists, psychotherapists, counselors? What do you do? You look in the yellow pages? I called Annie. Look. I miss you, I really do. Well then, so what are you going to do about it? I'll see a shrink. But I don't know who to see. I don't have a clue. Just using the word clue made her cringe. She knew of someone who had a good reputation, Marsha Robbins. I made an appointment. You see that guy getting out of BMW? At least Short Top had stopped pestering me about Luke's murder. Now all he did was tag along and make little comments just totally out of the blue. And the woman getting out? The one with the long legs? So? They're having an affair. Who cares? Probably his wife. You see, the way he can't keep his hands over her. He's getting reckless. This is a small town. Short Top, do me a favor. Shut up. He did. But I could feel him pacing back and forth inside my head, stopping now and then to use my eyes, my ears, my nose, and check out what was going on. William, a man! Hey, what's up, Rick? Hey. I'm thirsty. You say we stop at the parting glass for a drink? No, I can't. Everything okay? Yeah, I gotta see the shriek this afternoon. Ooh. Annie. She insists.
0: Hey, let's get some coffee. Coffee.
1: What's up, Willie? You still seeing Annie? Ah, we're talking about getting back together again if I get cured. Cured of what? Oh, you mean uh, detective-itis? Yeah. Mm. Is Short Top still talking to you? Not much. Mm. Did you ever think about becoming a detective? Never. Oh. What about that wet t-shirt model, then? Christy St. Santa Claus and... Uh, Christy St. Nichols. <laughs> yeah. I'd to find her what? under your tree. Uh, <laughs> Shake my peaches, baby. Peaches? What happened to her, anyway? Who? Oops. I've no idea. <laughs>
0: Oh, remember how she used to do that? Rick, big mellow- I don't want to relive this,
1: okay? Okay. You miss
2: Anne?
1: Yeah, I don't know. I...
2: Yeah. I do Are you still hearing voices?
1: It's just one voice, a detective.
2: Are you worried about this?
1: Me? No. Annie is. She and Shorttop never got along.
2: That's the name of the detective?
1: Shorttop Detroit.
2: He doesn't like Annie?
1: I never said that. He's never said so, but well, Annie doesn't like the idea that I talk to a detective inside my head. Ask her if she thinks you're crazy. You think I'm crazy?
2: Probably not. Everybody has voices inside of them. Some of them are really true, some of them are not. Some of them might disguise themselves in different ways, but have something very interesting to say. The problem is that people who are disturbed by their voices get tranced out, and then they do things that they don't remember. And when they come back, they feel very disconnected from themselves. Does that happen to you? Uh,
1: No, I don't think so, I can't remember.
2: Well, I don't think it's harmful. You don't? No, and it could be interesting to pay attention to what it has to tell you. What do you mean? Well, as I said, sometimes our voices give us good insight. They are connected to a real part of ourselves, even if they take a disguise, like a detective. So don't give it too much power, but pay attention.
1: Okay, I see.
2: Have any other questions?
1: What about Annie? I don't think Annie's going to accept this. I mean, what do I tell her?
2: What do you want to tell
1: her? Well, she's not going to like it when I tell her that you said my Did you my hear, hear what I said? What do you want
2: to tell her?
1: And that was my session. I mean, there was more to it, but that's the gist. Maybe it's because I was about three minutes shy of being blown up in the car along with Luke that I've been thinking I should be enjoying life. If Luke hadn't left me standing there on the bridge, I would have been blown up along with him. Yeah. People get away with murder all the time. Hello?
3: It's me, Shades. Shades? Long time no here.
1: What's up?
3: You know those two big pussies I've been taking care of?
1: You've been taking care of two big pussies?
3: Yeah, you know, the fat cats who left me.
1: Oh, yeah, right, yeah. What's their names?
3: Sylvester so and Tweety Bird. That's right, yeah. Man, they're fat, but they're fine. Oh,
1: that's good.
3: I gotta go away for a few days.
1: You want me to look in on them? Well, come by tonight. You can show me what to do.
3: I'm leaving this afternoon. I can't leave those cats alone, not for two weeks.
1: Two weeks?
3: Yeah, my brother's sick. He's in Chicago.
1: Wow. You flying out?
3: I'm taking a train. Peaches is supposed to be here. Peaches? Don't call her that. Her name is Celia.
1: Oh, Celia. Celia's your niece.
3: Yeah, can you help me, Willie?
1: Yeah, sure. I'm coming right over. (music) ¶¶ Hey, Willie. Hey, so, uh, So, Celia, does she live around here?
3: No, she lives in the city. Uh, she driving up from New York? You no, know, she was taking the train. That was to pick her up, but she never got off. And you called her? I got her on the answering machine. Maybe she'll catch the next train. Someone has to stay with these cats. Where are the pussies? They're in the backyard. Come on, I'll show you. Yeah,
1: those are two fat pussies, all right.
3: Yeah, the vet told me to put them on a diet. What do they do? They weigh about 50 pounds each. <laughs> no, man, that's not fat. Huh? Can you pick both of them up at the
1: same time?
3: Not with my bag.
1: You want me to take the cats to my place?
3: I was hoping you could stay here. Overnight? Until Celia gets here. Think she's coming? She's just having a hard time. Well, look, you got to catch a train. Give me the key to the place, show me where the food is, and I'll look after them. You'll stay here? Every night. Overnight? Overnight. Thanks, Willie. Okay, which one is Sylvester? This one, talk to him before you pick him up while you scratch him. You will. This one's Tweety Bird. She likes to be carried around. She
1: does. Hey, hey, Tweety Bird.
3: Yeah, here you go.
1: <laughs> Whoa! You are one fat pussycat.
3: Yeah, she likes you. Yeah, is a pretty fancy collar. Well, they came with the cat. You need a ride to the train station? I can call a cab.
1: No, come on, I'll take you. I took Shades to the train station. He was nervous. I had the feeling he wanted to get out of town in a hurry. Oh, man, this suitcase is heavy. What's in it?
3: jazz records lp yeah some 78 i don't like those cd's <laughs> <I don't
1: blend>. <laughs>
0: <laughs> next week i'll play a couple more episodes from saratoga fat cats and over the coming weeks you'll have a chance to hear the complete story along with a few other things we've done with my friend Fritz. This has been ZBS in 3D Sound. I'm Mr. Fulton. Check out our website, zbs.org, and you'll see photos of Mr. Fritz. Take a peek. That's at zbs.org.